Hi, my name is Sydney, and I can't wait to talk about figure skating today. Hi, my name's Maya, dude. <laughs> if we we have to mention Yuzuru Hanyu at least once. At least this once. Episode. Of course we do. Hi, my name is Aralis, and uh, I would like to apologize in advance because English is not my first language. That's totally fine. I'm not. We're going international. Baby. International. Not that we already have it. We've already had. <laughs> Um, okay, so the writer you are hearing today is a writer that I hold near and dear to my little heart because I found her while looking for Anastasia fanfiction. And when I thought I would find nothing, I found a, just a beautiful little gold nugget. She not only writes for a fandom that truly needs more love, but she also writes figure skating AUs, soulmate AUs, fluffiness galore. It's just everything put together in a fanfiction charcuterie board of my dreams. She is the author of Resigned to Fate, Fading Away, Then When I Met You, My Virtues Uncounted, and Holding Tight as the Dancers Whirl. Welcome, Aralis. Hi. Thank um, you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm genuinely very excited to be with you. Yeah. I feel like I have to start with an apology because... Um, I had I, I have read your fanfiction on this podcast, the Anastasia figure skating fanfiction. And when you when I like sent you an email being like, Hi, I, I did your fanfiction. I hope that you like it. <laughs> you would post it on Tumblr and you were like, she didn't put everything and I <laughs> I, I hope it was good. The fanfiction we do on this podcast are always spectacular. Yes. The problem is is that we cannot fit everything. And I, no, I just understand to let you know that it was beautiful and a perfect little fanfiction. We have to leave something oh, thank for you. people that listen to go and read it themselves. Exactly. Especially, I think, Smut. Smut is oh, the... I- <laughs> <laughs> we cut Smut out all the times because we're like, I'm you, not- you need to go read this yourself. You need to get it yourself. No, absolutely. And, it, and it's also, like, uncomfortable sometimes. Sydney's <laughs> the one that gets a little uncomfortable with that. I'm more free about that kind of stuff. Doing my best. But that's why I just wanted to, like, start off with, like, you wrote a beautiful fic, and I don't want you to feel bad just because I have time restrictions. <laughs> no, 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 no. I also was like uh, a lot in my head. You know how you sure. get as a creative person. I'm sure yeah. you you go through that too. So I was like, oh, what about Gleb? <laughs> I know, but it makes me feel bad every single time because it, every single fic that I've read, I'm like, but I don't want to cut it out. But if I if I don't cut it out, Maya's going to have my head. Yeah. <laughs> like, if I sat here and gave her, like, a two-and-a-half-hour podcast, which I did one time, she was so mad at me. <laughs> Listen, man, I'm taking so many college parties. Yeah. I have so many things going on. That one I, day we will get to a point where we can do three-hour-long episodes. Or at least, like, a double-parter or something like that. But we're like not that. at that point No. <laughs> so I always feel so bad about, like, cutting things out, especially when there's stuff that I don't want to cut out or, like, specific characters or like whole scenes where I'm like I wish I could talk about this like every little nook and cranny of this scene but like oh yeah so I want to show up with an apology because I didn't want to make you feel bad and as two creative people we also would understand Mm -hmm. of like but why did you cut that out was that not good enough (laughs) yeah never the case never the case no thanks awesome yeah, so um, getting into the chunk of the episode, um, I just want to start off. Tell us a little bit about your relationship with fan fiction. How did you find fan fiction? Get started and start writing fan fiction. Basically, your life story. Your life story when it comes to fandom. Um, so I started uh, in the Twilight fandom. <laughs> Love it. Wow. Love to hear it. It sounds very, um, I don't know, quaint right now, but back <laughs> at the time, it was oh my cringe. God, yeah. yeah, cringe fest <laughs> everywhere. So I was like, you know, my Team Edward t-shirt, buying Absolutely. magazines with Robert Pattinson's face on it, oh. um, you know, the works. And sometime I was looking for, you know, like, I don't know, maybe a poster to print out something, mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. cringe, you know. Um, and uh, I happened upon this photorealistic drawing of Edward and Bella. I, I, I even remember like the scene it was taken from that scene when he's saving her from mm-hmm. being hit by a car and they're both in profile. Um, and I was like, this is gorgeous. I 
I need to see more of this. And then I got in and it was DeviantArt. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. What a place and to I became start. obsessed. I was <laughs> sorry. I want a place to start that and fanfiction.net. Truly beautiful places to start your journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And truly the the community in DeviantArt is so like wholesome and cutesy. I don't know. I loved it there. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I opened my own gallery and started like uploading drawings because I was doing fan art because before I even knew what fan art was. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, I, I started like doing like Sherlock fan art and stuff like that. Uh, But the one thing that really like introduced me to fanfiction was the account of an artist that's called Nami 64, Nami 64, I'm not sure. I looked for her gallery and it's still on DeviantArt if you want to look through it. She has beautiful drawings, but she also had back in the day really lovely fanfiction of Jasper and Alice. You know, I was hooked. (laughs) But I thought that she was like an anomaly that no, there was not a community of fanfiction writers, Mm -hmm. um, that she was like the only one who had thought of it at the time, which was really like naive and dumb of me, but I was in elementary school (laughs) next to me. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, well, no, I was in middle school. Well, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> then I found some fan fiction that was recommended through art pieces. Like people would say, oh, this this scene is from the fic by whoever in fanfiction.net. Mm-hmm. And I went and re- read it. But because the interface is so ugly, <laughs> I didn't keep on looking for for stuff. It was mm-hmm. very difficult to s- search for something specific. So I just read uh, whatever I found by chance. It, it wasn't like I had an account or anything. And then, I don't know, then I guess we could jump to 2018, which okay. was the year I started writing fan fiction. It was the perfect storm, really, <laughs> because I was clinically depressed. I was fresh out of uni. Okay. Uh, the Olympics were going on, and yep. Anastasia the, the musical was on Broadway. So, yeah, that's the, that yes. sounds like a, an amazing little just train wreck. Just all four quarters <laughs> coming yeah. together. <laughs> yeah, I was just looking for some something, some obsession to latch onto mm-hmm. to keep stability yeah so, uh, i think a I lot found... of people can relate with that especially after the pandemic mm-hmm. how many people yeah. like clung on to fan fiction after their like mental health just started declining after being in like isolation no definitely from being just like oh i just and i could when i when you were talking about the fan art i was like i feel like that's everybody they find yeah. a single piece of fan art about like a ship a character a show and they're like that was it <laughs> that was it <laughs> yeah and for me it was a Jesper and Alice fan. <laughs> That's perfect. You know what? No shame in the game. Absolutely no shame. I don't even want to talk about some of the fan art that I have personally... That we've sent to each other. That we've sent to each other in the past two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Well, what was that? Yeah, 2018. So that's when I opened my AO3 account. Mm-hmm. But it took me a little while still to... To get into writing, um, okay. it was mostly because I was in the Anastasia fandom, and mm-hmm. I was like, surely this is like a Russian musical, and it's about you know a couple and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like definitely, there should be a nice skating AU somewhere. Somewhere. And there wasn't. <laughs> so like, so many fantastic fan writers too. I was like, I have to do this myself. Absolutely. If it doesn't already exist, you got to do it yourself. You got to do it yourself. I have to make it happen. And it was uh, surprising actually that 
uh, so many people read it because it was the first time that I wrote and published. Beforehand, I had written stuff, but I had it, it was you know hidden somewhere in my computer mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or in a little notebook somewhere. Uh, back at school, I did participate in a couple of writing contests, nice. but I never won anything. And then, uh, I believe it was 2016 or something, I was forced to participate in a writing contest for, what was the thing? Writing a letter to your favorite contemporary author. And okay. it was, uh, I wrote a letter to Neil Gaiman because... Good choice. Great choice. <laughs> and it won. So I guess I held on to that and carried it with me to, you know, like push me in the direction of maybe you could write this and maybe it wouldn't suck, you know? <laughs> and yeah, it, I guess that's where it began. And then I just kept going. It was a nice little hobby that I... That I found, and it wasn't quite as stressful as art, in the sense that um, I've always said I, I identified myself as an uh, an artist, mm -hmm. and like I demand a lot of myself. But as a writer, like I had zero expectations, so it was much more relaxing, much more for myself than anything else. You know? Sure, sure, absolutely. Yeah, and I'm personally glad that you wrote because I got to read it. <laughs> Talking about it on fanfiction, so um, that's a little biased to me, but <laughs> no, it's nice. Yeah. So, um, about those fandoms that you were a part of, specifically the Anastasia one, which I've been talking about. So yeah. obviously, like I had said when I found you, it was for that Anastasia fanfic, and I was even blown away that I found one because I think it was like Maya and I were talking about like finding fan fiction in general because we're trying to like hit a lot of different fandoms yeah. and so like you know we run out of like our top ones we're trying to save our favorite ones or something like yeah. that or like <laughs> there's ones that we know are gonna finish later that we yes. want to save for yeah. whatever month that they finish and so we have like this list of like tv shows video uh -huh. games movies books. like books these are there's a so many different yeah. things that we have to hit and AO3 one makes it very very easy nice and clean <laughs> thank you tagging system yeah thank you so much. it's so fun to find fics mm -hmm. that pull from so many different aspects yeah. and be like here nice little platter of you like, go you know <laughs> skinny, yeah but it was it was you it was maya trying to find you had found like a phantom of the opera one ah, yes. and i was like oh my god i can look for musical fan fiction I, yeah <laughs> what a lot there's, and there's a, a lot, lot. And of course, I was looking for some, but my favorite musical, and I think my favorite movie too, is Anastasia. I just, it's my a woman of taste, movie. really. Thank you, thank you so much. <laughs> it's my comfort movie. It's like I've watched that movie so many times. It's the movie when I get sick or I feel bad. I have it on DVD. <laughs> like, I love that movie so much. And of course, when it became a musical, I was like, excuse me, I need to go see it right now. Yeah. And um, so, of course, I looked for it and I was surprised there was one like as many as there were but two like the quality of them I was like oh my god like thank you so much mm -hmm. but you know the Anastasia fandom specifically talking about like the 1997 movie and I think a lot of the times it is mixed in with the musical it only has about 600 works a little over 600 works and compared yeah. to the like hundreds of thousands of works that are in like My Hero Academia, mm -hmm. BTS, um, The Dream SMP, Marvel. like that Marvel, <laughs> exactly, Star Wars, like all of these giant Goliaths of yeah. fan fiction. What is it like to write for a smaller fan fiction? Or what was it like to write for a smaller fan fiction? Was that sort of low engagement that could come from, you know, not as many eyes on this fandom? Did it hinder the desire to write or was it, did you like it more because it was in an intimate space so that the only the people who are writing it, you know, really want to be reading this because they specifically looked up Anastasia fan fiction or whatever. Yeah, I actually didn't feel it that way um, in the sense that since this was the first phantom I wrote for, Mm -hmm. Any engagement I got was like godsend. It yeah. felt 
so nice to me. So the difference then, um, I thought, for example, uh, I recently did a one shot for the Spider-Man fandom. And then I was like, oh my God, <laughs> like I have been in, in small fandoms relatively, or I come late yeah. uh, in the case of like ready. Um, I, <laughs> I started oh. writing like a year after each chapter two came out. Listen, I still love ready. So <laughs> let's not talk about it. No, they're amazing. They're amazing. Yeah. But I missed the pick. So sure. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, any and all engagement I got uh, was like fantastic to me. But it's only then when you start to like compare, mm-hmm. you know, that those picks that have like hundreds of thousands of hits yeah. that I go, oh, this one I wrote only had like 600. Sure, but sure. I don't like try to think too much about it. <laughs> Yeah, so was the, I think I had cut you off, um, when no. you t- were talking about writing for the one shot for the Spider-Man, did you have like a lot more in- engagement, were you saying? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And it's not even a big fanfic within the Spider-Man community, yeah. but it got so much engagement, particularly like comments and bookmarks. Oh, it wow. was, yeah, I had never experienced something like that. <laughs> and it yeah. was very nice. And for the the response that I got overall, I think it's, um, I don't even consider it like a bad experience at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have written for a lot of fan fiction or a lot of fandoms. We talked about Anastasia. You said it. You've also written for Good Omens, Spider-Man, you'd said Daredevil, Fleabag, Jessica Jones, and you just published one for the Bridgerton fandom. So yeah. I love an author that sticks their fingers into like a several different pies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what is that mindset of you have of wanting to write a fic for several fandoms than fan fiction authors who like are stick to one one ship or one fandom? Like what is that want for you? I feel like it's um, it's a good question. <laughs> Thank you. I think I want to find what's different, where I can take the ship like in different AUs or if I can explore it. um, I don't know if they're older, if they're younger, Mm -hmm. uh, if they're soulmates. But there's a point where I can't think of any more things to put them through. Mm -hmm. Um, And then like you move on. I have friends that are still very much active in the Anastasia fandom and I honestly admire them because they keep finding ways to make this relationship between Annie and Dimitri uh, feel like something new every time they write. Mm -hmm. But uh, I got lost somewhere in between and I found other ships which um, my multi-shipper heart (laughs) can really can only think about so many things at once. Sure. Uh, for example, when I wrote the Fleabug one, mm-hmm. I, w- I had done a binge of the first and the second season and I couldn't stop thinking about them. I couldn't. And I think it was just like, I need to get this out of my system. Sure. <laughs> I think the same happened with the Spider-Man one. Mm-hmm. I saw a post of someone saying, okay, but what if Andrew Garfield's MJ was Dev Patel? And oh. I could not stop thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. Happens to the best of us when we see one of those headcanons and you're like, God damn it. Uh, oh that happened with me and Maya one time. We did a <laughs> cowboy one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Where, um, so to put into context, have you ever seen Haikyuu? Uh, no. no um, it's very simple. It's just a high school boys volleyball team anime. And okay. we like us respective characters in each. So I don't remember if Maya had sent me a TikTok or a tweet or whatever, but I was like, this character you really like would absolutely be a camboy. And Maya could not stop thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote a one-shot for it. <laughs> 
So I definitely think that happens to pretty much everyone. Yeah. 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 Especially when I've been going through my TikTok favorites. Like, I do it every so often. And I found that period of time where I was, like, super into, like, anime. Like, super into, like, a specific show that had just come out. I am similarly doing that with Bridgerton and Heartstopper right now. So I, like, found that period of time. And there was a period of time to people just coming out with headcanon after headcanon after headcanon, which was, like... It was it was delicious. It was so good to fan fiction authors where we're just like keep putting them out, <laughs> keep putting them out, and I'm gonna keep writing. Nice. Yeah, I think um, my my answer, the whole thing I just said, it was a very long winded way to to tell you that I didn't start writing for multiple fandoms in purpose. Like it wasn't a conscious. Sure. No, decision no, no. I don't think that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think so. I, even I, like, I haven't written that much fanfiction. Um, it's mostly because I, I don't write all that much <laughs> right now. But all of the ideas I have are not for, like, a specific ship over and over and over mm. again. You know, like, oh, I want to write for this character and uh, Wyanna Reader. I want to write for this ship. I want to write for this show. And I, I never see myself, like, overlapping so much. I am different. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I hyperfixate on like one character oh, sure. for a set amount of time. Sure. And like I'm never gonna let go of that character mm-hmm. in my mind, but I definitely like fixate on one in particular. And then every headcanon that I see, I'm like, but what what if I made it my own version of that, but with this character or or this ship or like that? And then if it doesn't work out in my head, then I'll slot it to the next oh, sure. most important character <laughs> in my mind and we'll continue down that line. See, I would the only problem with like I would I I have not stopped fixating on like uh characters that I have in like 2020 mm-hmm. but my problem is is if I write a story about them that's their only story for me mm-hmm. I'll write like one shots off of that specific story but for some reason I'm like this is your story and I'm done with you kind of how like a, like maybe a published author would do for a book where mm-hmm. we're just like here is my standalone book your story is done goodbye yeah and I don't know okay. how Boy, oh boy, but do I love the people who are just like, you go into their AO3 page and it's just 32 <laughs> fakes for this single ship. They're doing the Lord's work, right? They truly Absolutely. are. Oh my god. We were talking just our last episode about one-shot, people who just consistently put out one-shots, the backbone of fandom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know how they do it. I can never write anything short, but they consistently put out work and I, they're gods to me. <laughs> I've been moving slowly uh, more into one-shots lately. Really? But it's only because I want that sweet, sweet validation as fast as possible. Ah. And if it's any complete work. I think that's what it is for most people that do one-shots. Yeah. And I think that's what fucking sucks about multi-chapters because people can't kudos more than once. Yeah. So like, even if like people are coming back time and time again, like you only have a set amount of kudos while there are like one shots where you can mm-hmm. get new kudos each every time. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely to do something about that. Lots, lots <laughs> other than fun. commenting, oh, I left kudos again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> lots of, at least in my own experience, lots of like long works. Mm-hmm originally came from tumblr and mm-hmm. then they transfer it onto ao3 once it's complete because that's how you get the most validation all at once <laughs> plus then when you post all at once on ao3 it's like oh well it's complete well, i can read it exactly but then on tumblr you can give notes yeah. and comments on every single yes. chapter which is nice uh, <laughs> i'm not gonna lie what's definitely you can do that in ao3 too but yeah, but there's like the the what sucks is that there's flaws in each system. Yeah. Like AO3's tagging system yeah. is so great. I wish Tumblr had that. But Tumblr has I can kudos and give a note to every single chapter, which I wish AO3 did. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. Um, so for these fandoms, you have written a lot. Which has been your favorite fandom to write in? I would say either the Anastasia fandom mm-hmm. or the Amazing Spider-Man fandom. Okay, like, any specific reason? Yeah, uh, the Amazing Spider-Man fandom ha- were extremely kind. Like, they they left, like, the most uh, thoughtful, like, three-paragraph comments. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, it was really, really nice. Oh. And I, I did, like, a mood board thing in Tumblr, and that also got some traction, too. So mm-hmm. that was really nice. And... 
the Anastasia fandom was so formative for me in a way. Sure. Like it was the first fandom I wrote for. I have still a lot of friends from that fandom. And really if they hadn't like supported me the way they did, I I know for a fact that I wouldn't be like comfortable now writing smut, for example. Sure. Because they were like, Oh, this is so hot, keep keep writing, <laughs> whatever, no? Uh, you, need you need those friends that are like, Yeah, that was good. Keep please more yeah exactly <laughs> yeah, especially when it comes to smart yeah and every time i wrote a chapter for holding tight they were like oh my god it's better than the than the last one mm-hmm. i can't wait for for what comes next and yeah at the time there was a discord server uh, so that like made the experience even more like chaotic and beautiful in a way right. yeah so i would say yeah then stage fandom yeah Nice. You used to write for the Spider-Man. Yeah. And, um, were they this kind of the same, if you remember? Yeah. They've always been super, super nice. Nice. But I think that's also because look at the person that you're writing I about. I mean, yeah. So... Very cinnamon roll boy. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It's yeah. always been like that. That's fair. Yeah, I wonder if they have, like, if, like, the low-key fandom, even though it's in Marvel, they, like, interact differently. You I know feel what I mean? like I feel like they do. Mm-hmm. Like, stucky people are way... Oh, my God. <laughs> different a different breed yeah yeah absolutely. yeah so then the next question i have for the fandoms it might be the same answer um is there any that you would return back to obviously you just wrote one for bridgerton so like bridgerton's off the table <laughs> but if yeah. you had if you wanted to return to one which one would it be um i have a couple of ideas for um the daredevil slash Jessica Jones fandom because I wrote a fic where they're they're together Mm -hmm. and I really like their their dynamic Um, so I have like a couple of whips that maybe we'll see the light of day someday but also I think ready because they're like my comfort ship in a way Sydney's 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 oh, getting riled up me on too, this too. angle line. They're my like top three favorite ships. I don't know why they will not leave my brain in the slightest. They're just so good together. Yeah, it's very good. And the fan fiction is so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, Good Omens. I kind of believe I forgot Good Omens. Oh, yeah, we'll see if coming... coming back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that will be interesting yeah. when it does come out. Yeah. I forgot that that was coming out. Ooh, I know. I think they're exciting. they're just wrapping up on filming. Filming. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we got yeah. like a while. We have a bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a couple of years. But it's happening. It's happening. It's <laughs> all that matters. Yeah. Okay. So you mentioned it a little bit earlier. So I have like a double sided question. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some tropes that you would like to do in the future? And then you brought up smut, and that you wouldn't do it. What are other things that you wouldn't write about? Okay. Back in the day or right now? Right now. Right now. Okay. For right now, I really like, and I haven't done any arranged marriage. Uh, Very good. Spicy. So so juicy. Um, It's so good. Every time. I saw a bad take on Twitter that was just like, you people romanticizing arranged marriages are disgusting. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) I see that you've never read an arranged marriage trick before, so... (laughs) I see that you have no taste. No taste. Yeah. Boo, tomato, tomato, tomato. <laughs> yeah. And I also like Bodyguard AU. And Ooh. I would like to, to write something about it sometime. Yeah. It's like a... Daredevil? Maybe something, something. Ooh. I feel like I don't see as much, like a ton of Bodyguard AU fix. Listen, you don't also don't read a ton of crime AU. Shut up. That's my terrain. Is there a lot of bodyguard AU fix? Yeah. Okay, never mind. I recount everything that I said. I'm sorry, and I make a formal apology today. It's good. Yeah, okay. If you have any recommendations, Maya, I would like to. <laughs> I would have to look through my AO3, but I've definitely read... Oh God, it was a while ago. Mm-hmm. I'm on a Gojo kick right now, so a lot of what I'm reading is fake dating and arranged marriage. Oof. So Maya also likes a cheating fic. Oh, good. <laughs> too dark. Too dark. 
<laughs> I was up until 3 a.m. last night crying over a fig. Oh. So it's fine. <laughs> yeah, but we have your email. We'll send you something. Yeah, <laughs> once I get a list together, I'll send you something. Yeah. Yeah, so on the flip side, what would you never write? This is going to be a little controversial, maybe, but I don't think that I would ever write pregnancy fic or baby fic. Okay. No, I've seen enough fandom on the internet. That's not controversial in the slightest. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's plenty of people who don't like, you know, pregnancy fix, unplanned pregnancy fix, baby fix. Like, Mm -hmm. there's tons of those people. One of our TikToks that absolutely popped off was about (laughs) unplanned pregnancy and how much, like, you don't like it. So I think there's a fair amount of those people. It's not an answer we've gotten, though, so. Okay, okay. Yeah, is there anything specific that you don't like about it? Um, (laughs) If you don't want to delve your trauma, that's fine. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's fine. Um, I think... In the case of unplanned pregnancy, it's like a na- nightmare scenario for me. So sure. I don't want to put anyone through it. <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't know. I just find parenthood a very complicated thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, also, especially in the case of Anastasia, there was some, you know, like uh, comments that were like, oh, when are they, are they going to have kids? You know? Oh, sure. And I was like, my God. Anastasia just like maybe recovered her memories from her traumatic past and Dimitri has spent all his youth like just in survival mode you know Mm -hmm. and like trying to throw a baby into their lap it feels almost cruel you know yeah yeah but maybe that's just me no I definitely think there are characters that you would like I don't think they'd ever like have a baby. Mm-hmm. That's one you have you ever watched have you watched Bridgerton? No. Nope, sorry. It's just a conversation between me and you now. So <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry, I love you dearly. So I just watched Bridgerton this past like two, two, three weeks ago. Um, both seasons, and I love the character of Eloise Bridgerton, but yeah. I despise the idea of her having children. Just because her as a character. I don't think she'd ever have children. And I did spoil myself by looking into the books and like looking into the family line. But I I really hope the show takes it a different way because I really I do not see her as a person who ever has children. Married? Possibly. Like I could see her being happily married with no children, just like living her best life. But like that's a part where I'm just like, eh, I could do without her having a child because as a character, I don't see her being happy with children. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I also was thinking recently about, uh, have you guys watched Gilmore Girls? Yes. Uh, no. Did you see the revival, the last one? I did see the revival. <laughs> yes, I did. Oh, no. I well, think that was a bad uh, choice, too. Yeah, yeah. I, I understand, like, the, the circular nature of what mm-hmm. um, they were trying to do, like, uh, she starts. She finishes in the same place that her mother started, and shit. Mm-hmm. But she was, uh, her life was a mess. And yeah. then <laughs> you finish your story, like saying, "Yeah, there's more trouble to come." Yeah, I know. That also doesn't, you know, I the that entire show at least was trying to like break that cycle of Lorelai was a teen parent, but she was trying to do the best she could for Rory and Rory just going back and restarting that cycle again was I think a bad choice on the writer's block but what do I know yeah what do we know what do we know I'm just a I'm just a little girl sitting in my living room talking about fan fiction what can I possibly know about writing uh the the one thing I know is that the four um the four words like the mom yes I'm pregnant were planned from way before the show was canceled so if they had had like a ninth or tenth season, I don't sure. know when they canceled it, uh, they would have finished that way when Rory was like, I don't know, 22, 23, instead yeah. of 32, 33. Yeah. yeah. So I guess like they decided it was more important to retain that than to serve the story 10 years later. Yeah, unfortunately. And I think a big part of people not liking, well, I think there's a lot of reasons why people don't like pregnancy and fix. And one is that maybe they don't ever want to have children. The idea of have, like carrying a child is 
not the escape yeah. that they want when it comes to fan fiction, which again is totally fine. But I also think that in the past, media has fucked up pregnancy so much mm. in a way that it, it is like, oh, this is an unplanned pregnancy that ruins the relationship between these two people. Mm. Or they have a child and it's like they are, are not prepared for the child and like you know that they're not going to give that child like the life it deserves where when at least the fix that I have because I do enjoy a pregnancy fic the fix that I've read when it comes to pregnancy are just like yeah the way that they set this up makes sense the way that like the characters are going about it makes sense the conversations they're having around it makes sense like either it be like a good or a bad thing when it comes to the pregnancy like I just think the way that media both mostly canonically because that's what I have taken in my entire life has done it so wrong in the sake of like drama that they've like ruined it for a lot of people yeah yeah yeah, definitely you mentioned in the beginning of this episode and and you had mentioned before that English is not your first language but you still write fan fiction in English um and there are you know so many people who write fan fiction in English which could there be their second or third language so in your experience, what made you write fan fiction in English instead of your native language? And what were like the challenges behind it? Mm, I started writing in English because like my group of friends within the Anastasia fandom were all um, from, the, from the United States or mm-hmm. from Canada. So if I wanted to write something that they could all read, it had to be in English. Okay. And also there's this part about like mm, making it available for more people. Mm-hmm. The most popular fics are usually in English. Mm-hmm. And also I checked and <laughs> most of uh, the Spanish fics are on Wattpad. <laughs> oh, wow. wow, that's an interesting yeah. fact that I did not know. Yeah, uh, actually, uh, I don't know if you know this, but there's like a publishing house from the the people of Wattpad and they're like publishing books and they're best-selling books of fanfic writers and they're mostly Spanish. Uh, Interesting. Speaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever published on Wattpad before? No, no. Okay. I think a, a friend of mine did, but I didn't like ask about it or anything okay that's fair Wattpad has its pros and cons too Mm -hmm. I felt a little um, I don't know young for me I don't know if that's the word but yeah yeah Yeah, I would agree it's definitely where teenagers go to write their first fan fictions I'm not saying like 20 year olds and adults don't write on there but primarily I think most of their user base is from yeah. the ages of 14 to 17. Yeah. At least the stereotype of like Wattpad to AO3 is like, this is where the teenagers go to experience writing for the first time and publish something they've written for the first time. And the AO3 is where like 30 year olds with like full-time jobs and maybe a marriage go, <laughs> like, go to publish their <laughs> little, little fix <laughs> that will rip your fucking heart out. So that's definitely at least the stereotype between them. Not that there aren't gold, like little diamonds in the rough in mm-hmm. Wattpad, but again, their tagging system is so bad that they're so hard to find. Yeah. Yeah, the, the interface is not as good as AO3s. No. Plus with all the ads. So yeah. bad. Yeah. So did you, ha- did you ha- experience any challenges when it came to publishing in, in English? I don't think so. Uh, I've been... Uh, studying English since I was like six Mm -hmm. so I have read Jane Austen novels in in English and you know the classics and I think that gave me like um, I don't know if I would say confidence but just uh, some reference that I could understand and maybe I could replicate that so um, just, you know, the main thing was second-guessing myself all the time. <laughs> but I think that's regardless of the language. Yeah, yeah. And in your experience, are there any pros and cons to writing in English rather than your native language? I think I tend to be more flowery in my writing when I'm writing in English. Oh, interesting. Uh, okay. Yeah. I don't know why. Maybe it's because I've read or. Uh, 
<laughs> well, that Jane Austen in English. Um, Jane Austen is a good reference for very purpley writing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love her so much. I I truly don't know. That's fine. A very good question. I just whenever we get an author on here that has like something different, like has decided to abandon a fic or writes in a different mm-hmm. language than their first language, I always hop on and be like, "Tell me all about your experience." <laughs> <laughs> you okay? We you probably have been asked this before. I think it's a fun question to ask. Do you think in your head in English or in your native language? Depends on what I'm doing at the time. Okay. And and I usually don't notice. It's just that I maybe I'm doing the laundry and I think in Spanish because I like the the tools I'm I'm using and whatever I I know uh, the words better mm-hmm. in Spanish. But sometimes my inner monologue is in in English in this very affected British accent. (laughs) (laughs) And I have a friend that we we text each other and we alternate Spanish and English depending on what sounds the most dramatic. (laughs) Nice. I love that. (laughs) Yeah, it's nice. (laughs) So when it comes to writing fan fiction, when you, you know, not even when you're writing, but when you're thinking about you know, plotting or you're thinking about um, wording, um, phrasing, do you do you think in Spanish or English? Especially for dialogue, I usually think in, in English, since that's like my, my reference. Especially like characters that curse a lot. Okay. Um, because cursing in Spanish is, I wouldn't say, I would say more creative in a way. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't want to even like go into the translating this uh, this coursework to that coursework. No, sure. it's too much work. Uh, sometimes I have like maybe metaphors or tiny ideas that come uh, in Spanish and then I translate them. But it's most of it is like directly in English. Uh, this might also be a very weird question. And if you have if you don't know, that's totally fine. But I was just curious because I, I, as you were talking, I remembered, have you ever read a fic that has a Spanish-speaking or Mexican character, just a character that that speaks Spanish, and you were like, the characterization of this, the way that they speak Spanish is all completely wrong. Because while while you were speaking, I remembered there was this huge debacle in the um, Voltron fandom that I might do an episode on one day. It's, it was a fan fiction called Dirty Laundry. And the character Lance speaks Spanish. His family comes from um, a Spanish-speaking country. I can't remember what it is currently. And the way that he was written had so many native Spanish-speaking readers upset that it it was taken down from the site because it was it caused such a stir and such a drama. So has that ever happened to you where you were reading something and you were like, this is all wrong? <laughs> yeah. Do you remember when Coco came out? Came out the yes. Film? Yes. Yeah. I really liked the pairing of Imelda and Hector. Uh, I went looking for some fan art and I found a couple of fan fictions where I could not make myself read them like wow. in earnest because there was so much like they were trying too hard in a way okay um, and i i think that it's uh nice that you go and translate the words in google mm-hmm. translate and then incorporate them in your week it shows you care and i think that's better than the opposite stance but um sometimes it feels like i wouldn't say tokenizing but something like that. Sure, sure. My main personality trait is that I'm Mexican and I'm loud and I'm, and I call me amor everyone. And Uh I have a very thick accent and I don't know. (laughs) I find it a little uh, insulting, but like I said, it wasn't, it wasn't mean spirited or anything. And it wasn't uh, even like, racist or it it wasn't uh, a bad thing really it yeah it, was, it just 
made me cringe a little because I have never heard someone speak like that. But it comes with the territory, I know. Sure, sure. And I know this is putting you on the spot and I didn't ask you to like think about this beforehand. But when you read fix like that, do you could, or do you ever think like, oh, this is how you could do it differently? Like this is how you would say it, like it, like it, almost like advice for individuals who are trying to write characters who speak Spanish and they're doing it completely wrong. Uh, yeah, definitely. Especially because uh, sometimes the reference they have is for someone whose uh, second language is it is Spanish, like uh, first generations or, or something. Mm-hmm. And they listen to the way they talk and they go, oh, okay, that's how a Mexican person speaks sure. and that's not necessarily true. But yeah, you, I kind of do the re- revisions in my head and I like cross out some stuff. And I'm like, um, yeah, no, you wouldn't use this word. Uh, but I guess that's like, uh something we all do in a way mm-hmm. yeah but I, th- I think it's definitely different than in just a oh i would write that sentence differently than like i you would never hear any <laughs> any spanish speakers say anything like that ever yeah i don't know like the thing is that uh if you wanted to really delve into it maybe you would end up like in a rabbit hole of having to learn an entire new language and sure. i'm not saying that you need to do that to write fan sure. <laughs> just be mindful of not falling into a stereotype yeah i wonder it has to be going on in the encanto fandom right now i can only oh, yeah. i haven't read anything yeah, i don't want to even it. look i don't <laughs> want to even look i just i just remembered that fic and i was like oh man i I just remember how, like, upset everyone was. And they were like, no, please don't. <laughs> That's definitely one yeah. that I had to do a full episode on because of just, like, the how extreme and large it, it, it got. But, like, that's the Voltron fandom for you. I don't know what to say. Um, so in your time of writing, what has been the best writing advice that you have come across? Oh, I sort of knew that this question was coming. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so there's, it's not even like writing advice per se, but it's something Mm -hmm. that I uh, like to remind myself of whenever I'm doing like anything creative. I love singer-songwriter Hosier because why wouldn't that? Yeah. Yeah. So he has this song that's called To Noise Making and it's sort of, like an anthem to being uh, free within your art. And Mm -hmm. it starts with, remember when you'd sing just for the fuck of it, any joy it would bring. So, uh, and it goes goes on like that. Um, But what I like to, you know, capture and keep close to my heart is the chorus. And it goes, you don't have to sing it right. Who Who could call you wrong? You put your emptiness to melody, your awful heart to song. You don't have to sing it nice, but honey, sing it strong. At best, you'll find a little remedy. At worst, the world will sing along. I just find it very touching in the way that you don't have to have a beautiful singing voice to mm-hmm. enjoy the act of singing. And your fanfic doesn't have to be like uh, super popular or, uh, you know, acclaimed to have given you joy by the act of writing. Sure. So just taking the uh, the act of creation as something you do for yourself, to take care of yourself and mm-hmm. to get those ideas out. And maybe it does resonate with some other people, but uh, the main purpose, which was to make you feel and to I don't know examine the way you feel about things yeah that that purpose was served the moment you wrote it so yeah it doesn't have to be good it doesn't have to uh, have lots of kudos or anything it just has to exist you know 
I love that. Mm-hmm. I love, I also just love Hosier. But that, those are like lyrics that you get tattooed on your body the rest of your life. <laughs> you're like, it's very pretty font. And you're just like, as a reminder to myself. I love that. So this is a sort of uh, Eralis's choice, a YN's choice. Of all the fics you have written, which one is your favorite and why? I'm torn between two. There's this Fleabag fic that's a soulmate to you. <laughs> and I really do believe that it's the most probably the best thing I've, I've written. Like, I got the voices oh. down. I, like, the soulmate you and the mm, mythology of the of the show really merged together. Yeah. And, yeah, like, I I really have... I'm sorry. I'm just blacking. No, you're fine. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, I galaxy brain that day. <laughs> Sure, sure. I'm not sure if I'm ever going to write something as clever as that. Sure. Um, But also holding tight as the dancers were, the Anastasia skating really has a big, big place in my heart because it was my first pick, because it was Mm -hmm. what got me started writing and it, it got so much love from the fandom and to this day like there was this guy in um in the comments from my amazing spider-man fic that was like oh my god you're the ice skating au girl (laughs) i can't believe my reputation precedes me that's perfect i would i would also love to give that one the sydney stamp of approval i also agree with that one (laughs) thank you um, so we have come to the end, and I know that you brought some fan fictions that you would like to recommend. So, Aralis, what are yeah. some fan fictions that you would like to recommend to us? Okay, so I brought three. The first one is I'll Be Your Man If You Got Love To Get Done by My Girl Friday. And it's a really nice, really wholesome uh, human AU for good omens, for for ineffable husbands. Yeah, and I love a good AU. And it's like uh, Aziraphale and Crowley are humans and they get set up in a blind date and they just fall in love like at first sight. And it's beautiful and so so nice, so warm and cozy. And yeah, I really recommend it if you like good omens. The second pick I would like to recommend would be Never Look Away by Kona Hau. And it's an RPF figure skating. <laughs> the pairing is Tessa Virtue and Scott Moyer. And this got recommended to me because I was talking about an episode of Masters of Sex when they did roleplay. And it. Okay. And it like made the issues within their relationship like go to the surface. Yeah, it was a very good episode. If you if you watch Masters of Sex, you know mm-hmm. which which ep I'm talking about. Um, yeah, but this pick is like their Olympic champions, Tessa Virtue and Scott Moyer, mm-hmm. and they uh, pretend they have. A different life the life they would have if they hadn't picked up skating sure. so scott is a hockey player and tessa is a ballerina and right. what if they met and would they like each other and then through the characters they can finally admit that they like each other mm-hmm. um so it's very very interesting and it's also uh smart as character study and i love that i really do love that so um... yeah i was very interested when i <laughs> when i read that one in your the list that you had sent me specifically i remember the first time i saw them in the 2018 uh yeah. winter olympics i it, i just don't understand you look at pair figure skaters and you're like how are you not in love with each other Yes. You look like you're in love. <laughs> it's truly crazy that they're just like, no, we're friends. And you're like, but, but the emotion. 
especially those two. If you yeah. like delve into the uh, like the timelines and their mm. story and the different like programs they've done through the years, you go. Oh, you've at least hooked up like three times. <laughs> um, you were so close to like a childhood friends to lovers. Yeah, but it's okay. Yeah. But it it never happens. So the one thing we do get is our PF. <laughs> and you know, I felt icky about reading it and recommending it, but then I realized that Anastasia is RPF too, like technically, yeah, uh, yeah. So I have to deal with that too now. Um. Yeah, there's a lot of whenever I think about it, the, there's a show on HBO called Our Flag Means Death that like everyone's obsessed with. Mm-hmm. It's oh, yeah, I haven't just, watched it yet, but it looks good. It's really good. Also, technically real person fan fiction. Yeah. <laughs> and we were real people. <laughs> I don't know how to tell you that. I'm so sorry, guys. So, but yeah. And then your last one. Uh, yeah, my last pick. I kind of cheated because it's a collection. It's After Dirty by Pineapple Crushface. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know who they are. But I would offer my hand in marriage to Pineapple Crush Face. They write the most beautiful ready fix. Uh, Yeah, this is a collection of what would have happened if Eddie had survived and how how they would deal with their feelings. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when Ben and Beverly eventually got together and, and stuff. You know, but uh, they do a lot of um, smut as character uh, study, so that's that's really interesting too. Mm-hmm. I love I love a good ready fix it fic. <laughs> it's what I lived on after I saw the movie for the first time. Yes, it's what we deserve. Yeah, honestly, yeah, it is what we deserve from the that god awful movie. Um, <laughs> That god-awful ending for that movie, I should say, because most of it was fine. The ending, though, absolutely fucking not. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Trash. But, yeah, that was... I think it was that there was, like, a... As I've said it before, of a... I don't think people read fan fiction for media that's, like, perfect. Definitely there are people who do, who they just enjoy it so much that they continue wanting to. I'm definitely not one of those people. I'm definitely a person that reads fanfiction because I was like, something's missing. Something's missing from this piece of media. And I want to find it. And for that specific one, it was it was that end scene where I was like, no, uh-uh. And Bill Hader just crying his eyes out, just winning his Oscar nom in some other universe, of course. Bullshit. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Uh, well, unfortunately, that comes to the end of our episode today. But mm-hmm. thank you so much for being here. We appreciate it so much. Thank you so much for having me. I had a great time. Yes, and if you guys would like to hear more of um, Aralis's beautiful work, we have an episode, episode 41, Holding Tight as the Dancer's World, where I talk all about this beautiful Anastasia fan fiction. That was one of my favorite things that I've read this year. It was so good. It was everything that I could have asked for. And I want to thank you for letting me read this because, boy, oh, boy, it was everything I needed in just a small little fan fiction package. Hmm, thank you. Of course. Um, and would you like to promote yourself at all? AO3, Tumblr, Twitter, whatever you have. Yeah. My main Tumblr is at J A R A L I S J. Um, if anyone wants to talk about fandom or see what aesthetic bullshit I'm mm-hmm. currently on, my YouTube channel is also J if you want to see my fan cams. <laughs> no. um, my Instagram and our Tumblr are at AralisJPEG, that's A-R-A-L-I-S-J-P-E-G. And my commissions are open if you would like to commission a drawing for your OC, your OTP, to illustrate a scene from your fic, or to draw you and your significant other wearing Mandalorian armor. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, everyone, you heard it. Give this woman money. Go go to those commissions. (laughs) Get that bag!
Thank you guys for listening to this episode of Canonically Incorrect. You can follow us on Twitter and Tumblr and TikTok and Instagram. Um, you can email us your fanfiction recommendations. And if you are a fanfiction author who would like to be interviewed on our podcast, email us at canonicallyincorrectpod at gmail.com. If you liked us, if you liked the episode, if you think we deserve um, a little something to keep the podcast going, help to get new equipment, that kind of stuff, you can make a donation at ko-fi.com slash canonicallyincorrect. Rate, review, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify. Spotify and any other podcasting platform. Tag your fix accordingly. Donate to AO3. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>